0: And actually, that makes total sense. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I know me. You know, so that that's our life mission. That's the McTen's mission. You don't have to understand my boundaries to respect them. Well, no, I'm the president, co-founder, and a person of long-term recovers from substance abuse disorders. How do you go about fixing the damage between, and the trust between the family after you get out?
1: <laughs>
0: okay. It's
1: like, okay, I got to work on that celebrating my six months didn't have cake yeah yeah.
0: we discover who we were who we are in the past so that we can prepare ourselves for the future so that we can prepare ourselves for the future nobody likes coming to jail it might be a couple, of them, but nobody likes coming to jail. But if you don't prepare for your future, guess what? You'll be back. You'll be back with a chip on your shoulder and with another attitude. You'll be back because you didn't prepare yourself. How I know that? Because I sit in that same seat. The brother that's going to speak tonight, man, when we were pulling up, man, he said, that's one thing I don't miss. I don't miss that barbed wire fence. You know? And, man, we got to prepare. We got to do some work, man. We got to get this right. We got to get this right. The understanding here is, man, there is a psychological, a psychological component to all the shit that we do. And we need to understand that. That's why it's important for us to find out who we are. So many, if I ask you, are you a leader, your hand goes up in the air. Soon as you hit the street, you start following somebody. My famous saying right now, I ain't going to let nobody carry me somewhere that I don't want to go. That ain't happening. I don't care who it is, man, woman, chick, or a child, I ain't going to let nobody carry me somewhere that I don't want to go. Because I'm trying to get this together, man. And that's why, you know, if you heard what I said earlier, what you've been feeding yourself, what have you been feeding yourself? And they've been feeding themselves the same bullshit. That's a recipe for disaster. Shit is changing. Recovery is changing. Jail is changing. man. Whether y'all realize it or not, man, this be, has this been a business for years and it continue to be a business. They making money off of you. You better know it. They making money off of you. They got Lebanon in on their side today. I don't know how many new people they got right here, but this thing is much deeper than I can give it to you much deeper than we, I can give it to you. For those that don't know my story, I did six and a half years in the penitentiary. That was the small picture. The big picture is when I made a decision to stop using, I made a decision not to participate in this bullshit no more. I don't care who loses a job. I'm looking at my future. I'm looking at what I'm capable of doing. That's why I say it's important to know where you came from, who you are, and where you're going, what you can do. I come down here today, and I'm riding, and the speaker asked me, he said, man, I heard you play golf. I said, "There, my golf clubs in the back right there. And the thing about it is, part of the story is, I used to hate golf. I ain't going to say hate it. I used to dislike it. I used to dislike it. Who in here play golf? Now I love it. Now I love it. Because I was one of these individuals that think I knew everything about me. What I liked and what I disliked. How did I get to love golf? Because I tried it. I liked it You not that bad. Who in here shoot pool? Just like playing golf. Just like playing golf. You just ain't got a cue stick in your hand. You got a putter and you trying to get the ball in the hole. Hell of a game, man. Most of the guys I saw that were good golfers, they were good pool shooters. Who like baseball? Most of the guys that are good golfers are good baseball players. Shot. 300 yards, you know? So what what I'm saying, the point is, man, there's some things out there that you haven't tried. You haven't tried everything in life. You boxed in just with the little stuff that you have tried. You got to get out that box, man. You got to get out that box, man. Some things that you can do, man. You know, how many men we got here that cook? Yeah, that's happening. I saw that. How many women we got in here can drive? Yeah, I saw that, man. I saw that. You know? That's the wisdom, man. That's the wisdom. I remember in the 70s when Philip Mars started hiring women to do men's jobs. Somebody remember that. And I'm going to take a page out of Steve Harvey's book. A psychological component to most of the things we do. A psychological component to drinking and drugging. One of the biggest uh, lies I ever heard is that I need some alcohol. I need a drink to calm me down. I need a drink to give me some nerves. I see that shorty over there. I want to talk to her, but I'm scared. And once I get two or three drinks in me, hmm, go for it, you know. And I used to, I used to, I, I didn't think like that, but I used to see that. I used to see that. I don't need all of that, man. To be funny, to be humorous, you know. I don't need all that. I just need to know who I am. I just need to be me thing about it is what I know is all of us may know how to be somebody else. All of us know how to be somebody else. You know? This thing is learn how to be yourself. It's a psychological component. Page out of Steve Harvey's book. Page out of LeBron James' book. Page out of J.C.'s book. J.Z. Out of his book. If you think you can't, then you probably won't. You're a lost half the battle right there. If you think you can, man, that's a good step in the right direction. Do you think you can stop drinking? Do you think that you can stop drinking? You know, it's a psychological component to that. Do you think you got to have some drugs, man, to navigate through life? Do you think that? Man, I just talked to my, my daughter on the telephone, and man, boy, my daughter lives in Florida, and, and she was like, she was blowing me away with some stuff. I'm telling her what I'm going to talk about, and she was talking about uh, predisposition. You know what I'm saying? The predisposition. It's all, if that's all you see You know what I'm saying? That's what you're going to emulate. You know? If that's all you hear, that's all you're going to emulate. Whatever it is to come here. Man, it's like days of the week. All I do is listen. All I do is listen. Because I know I'm getting fed, man. I'm getting fed. I'm getting some food, man. You know? I'm getting some food. I know how it is when we get back on the till, we go back on the till and see who can tell the biggest lie. You know, I had 20 guys dealing for me. I was making a hundred grand a day. You know, somebody else will come back. Oh, no, I had 30 dudes dealing for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, how much, <laughs> how much, how much drugs you can do? You know, man, I'm doing a whole height full of shit. Oh, I can do two heights. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, wanna going to one-up you. But that's the stuff that we hear, man. One of, one of the biggest home plans I heard is I'm going to get out, get me, get fucked up, get with my girl, and then I'm going to get my shit together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we got that shit in the reverse order. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, because the thing about it is, once we get out there, and once we get fucked up, once we wake the monster up again, shit. Man, hmm. it's on then. You know what I mean? I mean, how many people I see, man, or run into, they was like, oh, look, man, I ain't gonna never be a, a, a hardcore drug addict because I don't like needles. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna put it in my nose. To somebody put some shit in your head that you ain't never had. Look, you wasting that shit putting it in your nose. <laughs> put that shit in your arm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dad, go. We off and running. You know what I'm saying? Tracks everywhere. You know? That's why I say, man, get, get somewhere, man, where you can put some stuff, man, in here, man. You, you can put some stuff up here that's going to help you. You know what I mean? I work for McShane, I work for McShane Foundation, you know, and I know what McShane is. You know, the first thing that, that, that comes to mind when you talk about somebody getting some help, most of us, most of us, I'm good, I'm good, I can help myself. Man, I talked to a guy on the phone today, he's telling me the same thing, man. I used that, that, that Steve Harvey thing on him. He was like, man, everything I touch, man, just go bad, just go south, you know? I'm like, dude, ho- hold up, hold up, man. Don't, don't do that to yourself, you know? Don't do that to yourself. What y'all need to understand is life ain't a bed of roses for not too many people. Everybody has stuff that they have to do. Life ain't a bed of roses. You know, we we got like 33 million people in this country and all, I, I, I say oh, more than half of them want things to go their way on a daily basis. It don't happen. It does not happen, you know? But places, man, that you can go, Max Shen Foundation is one of them, that you can go and you can get some help. It's good being around people that are just like you. People that's trying to recover. People that's trying to change. That's that's who you want to be associated with. What they say, if you go back to the corner, the corner will have you using before you can get them clean. And I understand too, man, a whole lot of us, man, we got family members. You know, that we got to set some boundaries around. You know, we got to, we got to, Get this right, man. We got to get this right. Say that all the time. Can't emphasize how important it is, you know. And I told the guy when I came in here today, my speaker, when I'm in here, I'm trying to reach two people. I'm trying to reach two people. That's it. Two people. If the, if the ripple effect work and we reach 10, that's a bonus. But the majority of us in here, the majority of us in here, ain't got no intentions of stop doing what you did to get you in here. I just laid it out earlier. If you don't change, if you continue to do the same thing that you're doing, you'll be back. You know, that's something to think about, man. Think about that while you're here. Should I continue doing the same thing, or to, or should I change? Or should I do something different, you know? Something to think about, man. There's a psychological component to this thing, man. There's a psychological component to using, uh, psychological component to getting high, you know? And I hate to inform y'all, but a whole lot of y'all have been in here And have not used your drug of choice the whole time you've been here. Have not used your drug of choice the whole time you've been here. When you were on the street, your thinking was, I can't do without it for one day. I can't do without it for one day. You know? And we just think about it. Some of us been in here for some days now. And we did without it. A cigarette. I can't do without a cigarette. I gotta have a cigarette. People don't care nothing about that. Throw that stuff in the trash can, you know, and come on in. And this is the psychological component. When you hear and you know you can't get the cigarette, man, you all right with it. You all right with it. That means, that means I can do without. Regardless of the circumstances, that means I can do without. Because I mean, you're talking about men and women being in here. I used to think before I went to the penitentiary, you know, it's like, man, I could never do without a woman. I could never do without a woman. And the woman thinking, I could never do without a man. I was locked up for six and a half years. Show you how old I was. I looked at a quote from Muhammad Ali. They asked him, said, when you're in training, what about your wife? He said, Mother Nature takes care of me. Some of y'all to get that on your way back. Mother Nature would take care of you. But anyway, you hear us talk a lot of times about the different pathways of recovery. We got a brother tonight, man, that has a pathway that's different from NA and a pathway that's different from AA. But it all comes together. It all comes together. Eventually, we learn to look at the big picture. The little small picture is like me, 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 me. What's good for me? What's good for me? Eventually, we learn to look at the big picture. We got family. We got kids. Eventually, we learn to look at all that. We got friends. We got a neighborhood. We got a community. Eventually, we get to look at all of that. And man, I got, a, I got a brother here, man, me and this brother are becoming real good friends. I like his message. I like what he's doing. And he's one of us. I ain't going to tell his story. I give you Tim.
1: Thank you, Tim. I would have bought that myself, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, how y'all doing today? How y'all doing today? Okay, how y'all doing today? Good. How y'all doing today? Okay. Um, first of all, I have an issue because uh, let me go over here. All right. So first of all, um, thank you, Brother Marshall, McShane Foundation. I send my thanks to my spiritual covering. Restoration Fellowship Christian Center, uh, my Bishop Kevin C. China Sr. and Pastor Twanda China. They're my spiritual parents. That's why I'm here today. Um, I'm not going to come at you through no big book. I'm not going to come at you through no basic text because I'm going to come at you through the way it needs to be come through. As you was saying, I'm coming through the spiritual component of the steps. Spiritual component of the steps, if you have a God issue, deal with it yourself. Take it back to the pod. But I'm going to talk about the root, or how we going to stay sober, clean, where it actually comes from, who was the first person that walked it out, and approve it on everything that we do. Um, Marshall, man, that's a very good brother, man, a very, very excellent brother, man. Call, We met down and spoke down at Enrico right West, so to clear the elephant out the room, yes, I did time before. You know, I actually know somebody back there in the back, right there. You know, um, it's weird because I used to always sit right where you're sitting in them seats, and just like, okay, these people coming in here talking to me. Okay, how are you? You know, what I'm saying you're not here with me. You ain't eating these swoles, you ain't got to eat these turkey patties, which is cold half the time when I get there, and then I can't, I'm hungry, and I'll go out there, hit the yard, and then by the time I get there, then, you know, I'm stuck with beans. Who the you know, say, I, I, so I, I feel your pain. The beans, if I had, I said, if I get home, if I see another turkey patty, I'm going to kick the whole kitchen in, but I like turkey patties. it tastes good out there. I'm serious. They do turkey patate is a whole lot different. Yeah, right. Exactly. Cause we, you know, you eating processed meat. You Eating processed meat. You got what beans. You got peanut butter. I done ate my share of ramen noodles, but I still eat them now. You know, I've been home since 2010. I did um, 17 years to where I was incarcerated in '93, and I came home in 2010. So, in a nutshell. I went in the 20th century and came out the 21st century. As Marshall said, I'm gonna let that, will catch you when it gets back (laughs) there. I went in the 20th century and came out the 21st century. Meaning, 17 years of my life is gone. I went in my 20s, came out when I was 40. Two years of the 17 years, I did two years of isolation with no human contact. Why? Because I wanted to fight. I mean, we're under this, I'm gonna cut to the chase. We're the biggest cowards. We are. We're the biggest cowards, and I'm gonna prove it. Why I say we're the biggest cowards? Because we're in here to where we do nothing. What do we have to pay? We had to pay no light bill. We had to pay no gas bill. We had to pay no uh, mortgage. We had to pay nothing for our children, but we put ourselves in these situations. I'm not gonna sympathize with it. I'm talking to the disease that's sitting right there, because in the book that I've read, it says where well, we do good, evil as well. Say it again, exactly. So this is two way street conversation. So if you wanna stay clean, if you wanna stay sober, if you wanna stay free, you have to find out where the root is and, not, and we're gonna have to open ourselves up. What I like to say is I put myself on the autopsy table. I lied, cheated, stole, for what? For things that, that, that some people would say that being out there in the streets I'm going to tell you how stupid I was. Here it is. I'm from New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, right? I come down here to Virginia. My mom died. She threw herself across me to save my life in a car accident. In turn, I had internal warfare inside of myself because I didn't feel like I was man enough to save my father from a disease which, where there's no known cure. It stemmed back to that. It stemmed back to me as I was telling, you know, me and Marsha was talking. My first divulging into that is lying in the house, you know, stealing quarters out of my uncle, you know, quarter jar, going to get candy from the corner store. Because, you know, back then, whoever had the most candy was the man back in the day. You know what I'm saying? I know you feel me. You know. So you're trying to tell me you don't feel me. Okay, yeah, you can talk, you can talk to them. I mean, y'all ain't going to get in trouble for talking. Y'all, They're they not going to get in trouble for talking, is it? They say you will? You can get in trouble? So what could you get in trouble for? Tell me. Huh? Being, being too friendly. Being too who? Hey, I know about that fraternization, boy. I tell you, I'm, I'm okay. I am perfectly fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. But, you know, yeah, I know what I said, huh? Oh, oh, don't be sliding no notes. (laughs) Don't be sliding no notes. Not on my watch. We're going to keep it clear. We're going to keep it clean. Okay, now, um, the reason why I'm here, to be honest with you, I don't even know. Because I don't want to be here. I did 17 years in prison. I didn't want to, I told Marsh when I got out, I said, man, look, I am not going to step foot in nobody else's prison. Because I done done enough time, I done seen no Razor Wise enough. I done been to Nottoway, Buckingham, um, Sussex 1, Sussex 2, Greenville. That really threw me off because I'm walking around and then here it is 12 o'clock at night. Lights used to flicker all the time. Anybody been to Greenville before? Okay, so you already know where I'm going with this. Okay, so lights used to flicker at 12 o'clock. Every day, lights used to flicker at 12 o'clock. was the A-unit, matter of fact. Um, so, I asked my buck, I was like, yo, man, I was like, what? Every, it's like every day, what, they got a power outage or something? He said, nah. Take a guess, why the lights used to flicker? Right. Nah, that's not, not somebody that ain't been there before. Somebody else. Well, what would you think the lights flicker? Lights exactly. That's where they, Greenville is where they house the electric chair. So, at 12 o'clock, the lights flicker. What that means, somebody died. Every day, somebody died. Every day, somebody died. In the book, the spiritual principle behind step one is honesty. So my higher so high power, who I call God, Jesus Christ, it says, I will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. What we follow by is facts. Get in your bag, get your money get a house, get a car, everything can be good, okay? If that is so, get a car, get a job, get a house, get in your bag. If that's so, then drug dealing should be legal. So it's not that, okay, all right. Another myth, addiction. Getting drunk, getting high, heroin, methamphetamines, K, K-12, I think it's called K-12, K-2. Okay, so addiction, they say addiction to revolve around what? What else? What's the physical part that they say addiction is? Drugs. When you hear addiction, they think a lot of times people think you're going to point towards drugs. Drug use and drug abuse, right? So if that's the case, how many of y'all have gotten high? And again, I'm going to ask again. How many times? All right, put it like this. Out of everybody that's in this room, who is high right now? Lord take the will, Lord take the will, Lord take the will. Hey, hey look, I'll tell you, only in jail, prison to what? Yeah, you got a question? You know what? That was about the most dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. <laughs> all right, but I understand what you're saying, though. I, I? Feel you, I feel you. But no, but all right. The one, my point is, if drugs is equated to addiction, then everybody should be free, pick up the chairs, walk out the door. Class is over. If that, if that's addiction. Right. Let me try y'all hand, man. All right. Don't do me like that. I am not that person coming from the no. Well, I understand, no, but it's all good though. You're supposed to have fun in recovery. You're supposed to have because when you take the word, the first step is I admitted I'm powerless over alcohol, and my life has become unmanageable. Okay. Now there's three components in that first step. You have an admission, you have a powerlessness, and you have unmanageability. All three of these things. Once you open up. The component inside of that is behind it, which is the spiritual, component, the spiritual principle behind it, which is honesty. Now, the honesty is I'm being honest that I'm coming to the end of myself. You only do the first step one time. The first three steps, you do that one time. Those are foundational steps. Now, the foundational steps is going to point you to the higher power. No matter where you go, you get the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's going. To, it's a part. It's a chapter called "We Agnostics." It said, "You know what? We're going to talk about God. Why? Because that is. He is the only way that is going to be done. Period." I understand you can read all the books you want. You can read all the magazines you want. You're going to still be broken. You're still going to make the same dumb decisions. You're still going to sit here thinking that you're going to go out here and do something with your life. And as soon as somebody hits you, as soon as the situation hits you, as soon as that last thing, you're going to be in that room by yourself with nobody in there but yourself, and then you're going to get a phone call, and someone's going to say, hey, how you doing? And then you go, man, I ain't seen you since I've been locked up. Somebody ain't never came down there. Somebody ain't never put nobody on your books. Somebody ain't never did nothing proud uh, uh, um, in progression of helping you to get yourself together. No one held you accountable, but yet this is the same person who was out there when I was getting high. This is the same person. Oh, I'm not getting high no more. OK, if you're not getting high, what you doing? You're running the clubs. OK, you're running the clubs. What you going to do when you're running the club? Now, we smoking is legal out there in the streets. Anybody out here who is an addict, there are so many dangers out there that you're going to that you're really going to have to question, am I really ready? OK, yeah, you want to go home? Cool. What may, why, why, should, why should the doors open up? Why should you be free? Give me one good reason why you should be free, not because you locked up. That doesn't mean nothing. The incarceration started inside of us, inside of our soul, inside of our spirit because we locked ourselves up here because we tried to be intellectual. We tried to intellectualize. How are you going to intellectualize a life that was already here, predated 2,000 plus some years, according to the books? And then that just shows when it's opened up what the true enemy is. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. If you tell me that you're not going to look at God, if you're not going to look at the Bible, if you're not going to think about what was written before and say, oh man, I'm not going to do that. I studied nations, gods, and earth. I'm just trying to refute that. Why? The show and prove that God don't exist? And what happened? Point me right back to him. Because one of the last degrees it says, I fast and pray to God. That he take devil into hell. In the very near, I mean that's, but that's, that shows everything goes back to the foundation. You have to go back to it. You're going to have to open that door, look down in that ceiling at that little boy or that little girl that you left unattended with the door shut. You're going to have to face that. You're going to have to face that deep darkness. You're going to have to face it. I'm telling you it's going to scare, it's going to scare the living but Jesus out of you. You ain't going to be able to deal with it. I'm telling you, and it's going to come so subtle. They said that the enemy is cunning, baffling and powerful. It's cunning because it's so slithery, that it comes nah, it's not that bad. I can go around this neighborhood. My aunt stays over here. My ex used to stay over here. I want to look good. I want to make this fit here. Or, yeah, I was with him, and he's with this chick here. Oh, I'm not going over there because of that line. That's a lie. That's a lie. I don't know nobody who's locked up that don't want to see one of their exes see them doing good because now they out. But I have a question. OK, so you want, you want them to see you look good? Everybody wants somebody to see us look good? We got a felony on our back. Can you go into a bank? Can you get a job? Yeah? All right. You think they're going to say, you go in there with your state blues on, coming straight out of jail, they're going to give you another envelope, probably get a check if you're working, and go in there and say, hey, man, let me get a, let me get a loan for like $25,000. What do you think the bank is going to say? Exactly. The point is that. Point, point case. However, the change has already been made. If you make that change... We talked about that on the way coming up here, and Marshall brought up a good point talking about that change. If a change is not made, the same thing is going to remain the same. They say insanity is what? Exactly. Say it again. Doing the same thing, expecting different results. What have you done different than when you first came in? Yeah, you. Uh, the way I think. The way you think. OK, what do you have now that when you first came in, that's not the same thing? Oh, hey, we ain't going to go. Hey, I like that. I like that answer. Uh, What you say? Less money. Less who? Less money. I mean, no, what do you have different? train Sobriety. Sobriety. What is, sob- all right, put it like this, what is sobriety? Being sober, okay, and you know, the book it says be sober and mind and vigilant. Now, all those are good, vanilla answers, there's, there's the, those, are, those are answers, those are, those are great vanilla answers. So, all right, so let me go ahead and break this foundation down a little bit. So. I made a vow when I, got out, when I got locked up. I said, you know what, I'm not going to come out with the same thing I came in with. I went in with a high school diploma. I went in uh, um, a vet, armed force veteran. I was in the Air Force. You know, I was in EOD, explosive. You know, which basically what that means is I made and broke up munitions. So basically, the bomb disposal unit. Life expectancy in the job that I had in the military was 30 seconds. Because if a bomb, I loaded up, the we loaded up the bombs on the plane. I was stationed down at Tyndall Air Force Base. I went to tech school at Lowry Air Force Base in Denver, Colorado. I know, right? Damn, Idiot. How did I end up in prison? Right, because I chose to, bro. I wanted to be in the streets, man. Yeah. I just got to ask straight up. Doing stuff with bomb. What did you do? Huh? I did the dumbest thing in the world, man. I kept my mouth shut. Somebody did some armed robberies and I said that I did it. I copped the three armed robberies. At that time, I was. now nah, I was slinging because, you know, the feds was out there too and it was indictment season. So I said, no, they like running around asking questions. So if I get off of that, then they're going to come and ask some questions of who I am and all this and that. And I said, hold up, this guy, he ain't even from down here. I was down in Virginia Beach. I'm from Nope, New Jersey don't add up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Newton, New Jersey, Virginia Beach, you know, they seeing drugs around this area, starting to flood around, shootouts and stuff like that and all this and that. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you know how that stuff goes. You know how, you know how the stuff goes in the street, but that's why. I mean, I copped the three armed robberies that I never did like an idiot because you know back, you know how it is cold in the street. They say, keep your mouth shut. And I did it. I kept my mouth shut. Just said, okay, since you want to keep your mouth shut, I'm going to give you something to keep your mouth shut about. And he just started rambling numbers. So you know how you stand there in court, and they doing that, you do this here. It's like, all right. So he's trying to do the math in your head. So I ended up getting thirty-two years. I, was, I ended up getting thirty-two years, but it was thirty-seven years. But they ran five years concurrent. Thanks, you know. So it ended up thirty-two years. You know, figure. Now, crazy thing. I end up. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you how God moves in my life. How to change. Out of everything that I was doing on the street, I didn't know that it was building me up to be here. Because without being incarcerated, I wouldn't be able to relate to the seat that you're sitting in. Without me being incarcerated or going to the military, I wouldn't have the discipline to sit down and go through a therapeutic community, or lifeline therapeutic community at Lawrenceville, Virginia. Without me going to an all-boys Catholic high school, I wouldn't have the tenacity of learning and searching and deeply rooting because they say you have to search and seek. Now you got some people that in the same book where it says that are ever learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Now, these people are the ones that always reading, always coming up with the answers always have heady answers, but yet they still getting high, They skill didn't draw, still on the phones, they they clogging up the telephone when you're trying to call home, and then they, they're talking about nothing. You know they ain't talking about nothing. Say, look, yo, I'm trying to go ahead and call my mom's, or i trying to call my sister or I'm trying to call my family, but yet they want to hog the phone up, calling somebody and hold a relationship of somebody and have somebody else incarcerated on the outside because we're so selfish to deal with the same things that we got ourselves in here for, which is i supposed to be getting myself together so I could be a father or a brother or, or a mother or a sister, but we want to hold them people up out there in the street. I wish they would just rip every phone out of here. I'm I'm dead serious, bro. I wish they would rip every phone out and have it to where that you had nothing but pen and paper and books. You know why? Because that way you will actually dig down and start looking at it. When I did them two years of isolation, no human contact, I had a dictionary, that's the only way I knew how many days I was because I read a page a day. Only way that I knew the time come, when the slot come down, you know how it is. Anybody here been in isolation, been in ISO? Okay, so you already know, the only time a day you know is when that and then you know that light come in, it's like, oh, let me get up and go, and then go on right there, sit down on that steel bump, you know, that's how I know that is real, and I sat there. I said, "You know what? If you're real, if you are real, take the taste of drugs and alcohol out of my mouth, and I'll do whatever you want." And he did it. And I said, "God dang it! I gotta go ahead and hold on to this jump because I'm a man of my word." I said, "Bro, I ain't wanna do. Why do you think I wanna be standing up here talking? No, I wanna be down in the beach somewhere, my feet kicked up. You know, I went to Vegas." And I had a blast, yo. I hope you feel horrible. <laughs> I'm serious. I do, because you know why? The worse you feel, the more that you will stay out there with your families. The days that you feel, I hope that every day that you in here is worse than the day that come before. I'm telling you, I want you to feel this pain. Because you, keep, you feel that pain, you're not going to come back. You're not going to play around with the, the very thing that's trying to kill us. I said this when we was down at that West. Let me ask you a question: If you open the door, say you sitting in the block. Y'all, y'all in the block or you in the pod? You in the pod? Okay, so, uh, that's even better. Say you in the. You throwing up gang signs in here, bro? Oh. Alright, Anyway, um. So, say you sitting in the pod, and the door open up for all my parents in here. How many parents in here got? They get. Oh, wow. Okay. Say the door's open to the pod, here it go. You know, everybody looking at see who coming in and you see your child walk in. What you gonna do? What could you say? You made it. You can't get mad at them. You built them up there. You built, you built that. Every child, everyone that's in here, we looking at what, 100 plus people in here today? 100 plus? All right, so every child, so you're looking at 100 plus children. So if we're looking at 100 plus children, we're looking at 100 plus families. And each family says, I'll say roughly on a small scale, about four or five people. So let's take four. Multiply four by 120, you get what? Huh? 480. Okay, so that's 480 people. 480 people at the core. And then 480 people at the core, this goes to the pebble in the pond. Now what this is showing what Marshall said when he talking about one person making a difference. Now this is how, as they say, behaviors affect people. But it's nothing but sin. Period. Let me just be blunt with it. Well, you got 480 people that's affected. Now after that, 480 people that's affected. They have jobs. Now at jobs, you have some people that got jobs that, now. You got over hundred some plus people, depending on where they work at. Or they may work at a fast food restaurant. Or they may work somewhere sort of like a, a, um, at a hotel. Or they may work at somewhere like a at a school district. And then those people are affected. And then it goes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That's where you, that's what you're facing when you go home and look for a job because you got people that's out coming out of college ain't got jobs. You got people that got bachelor's degrees working at Chick-fil-A. I walked up to, um, one day I was at, um, you know, I went to McDonald's one day, and um, it was like, yeah, yeah, you know, just got out of college. Out. I said, oh man, praise God, you know, you got out of college, got your college degree and everything. So, you know, just started working there and everything. I said yeah, yeah, I've been working here for, uh, for about like two, three months now. I said, you got a, I said, what you get? Oh, I'm thinking that, you know, in the midst of going to school, you know, nah, I got a bachelor's. But you got a bachelor's in. still have a bachelor's education. But you had a cashier. So don't think you're going to go out with a brand idea somebody's going to hire you out the back. Nope. People don't feel sorry for you because you've been locked up. They look at, yeah, they don't. They don't feel sorry for us being locked up. They don't. They don't feel sorry at all. They think that we are killing them. They think that we are lazy. They think that you are taking away, you're the reason why taxes is up because you're sitting here and you're not doing nothing, you're not getting nothing, you ran away from um, your responsibilities. Let me see what else. Let me see what else. What else you got out there, they think They think that right now you are the dirt up under the bottom of my sneaker. But you know what? So what? Because there's somebody else that sees something greater inside of you because if not, you wouldn't be sitting here right now. That is a proof. That's proven. There's somebody who thought so much of every last person in here that they gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we can come and acknowledge, I got a problem, you can fix it, I'm not going to try to touch it. That's the first three steps. I can't, you can, so I'll let you. First step, admission of it. I many power over alcohol or drugs and my life has become unmanageable. Second step, come to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. Third step, became willing to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. First three steps. How many of y'all have knows the 12 steps? You know the 12 steps? What's the spiritual, what's the spiritual principle behind step two? Yeah. Nope. Huh? Yep. Faith. Faith. Now, nah. spiritual component. Well, no, nah, nah, the actual, for you, that's cool. But the actual spiritual principle behind, everything has a principle. Patterns, precepts, principles, and promise without a principle, nothing holds together thus, without rules it may run the yard no sense of having the COs here or deputies y'all oh, deputies okay okay all right now I've, I've, huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> no so I didn't know the that far the difference um, so Without rules or principles, it puts everything in the proper alignment. That's why it's the spiritual principle behind it, because that's that engine that actually has it to move. Thus, the faith, because they say the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. That's really an indictment, because they say if it's something that small, and I'm not activating it, something that small. What does that say about me? (laughs) You know. So, but yeah, we say that we cool, we say that we got all the answers, we say that we are on the top of this pinnacle, but it's not proven. Only thing that it proved that we can tear homes up, divide lives, we can't make decisions, someone else has to think for us. So you're going to feel like when you come home, you're going to feel like, oh, my God, man, I feel like I'm locked up. Okay, so I got I, I a question. I got a question. I got a question. So when you go and something get ready to happen and you separate yourself from something from that situation, that means that you're trying to defuse the situation. Trying not to get Exactly. Now, it's like instead of acting in the way that you used to act, now you're doing something outside of what you would normally do. That, right, friend, is called the conviction. So that's called doing something different than what you would normally do. Now, I had cousins that were in certain lifestyles. Uh, one that was actually um, running with the bloods, and I was actually in tech school. I was in Colorado, and... Um, and it's riddled, heavy, heavy, heavy blood action out there in in Denver. I never, I never would thought that's how I came in contact. Um, so they come out to visit, and I'm like, okay, what's going on with all with with all of this? You know, I'm like, I'm I'm just like, I'm so gullible and dumb to the fact. Just like I'm thinking everybody just out there having fun. I'm not knowing that I'm being mark or peg as an associate. I got my BDUs on. So next thing I know, Airman Glenn, could you please report to commander da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. da da, 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 da. i am like, all right, cool. So I walk up in there, I'm seeing policemen. And I'm like, what the heck going on with this? I'm like, all right, cool, what's going on? So I'm, you know, asking me questions. I'm like, what? I just went to the, mo- listen, Batman just came out, bro. I'm like, look, I just went to go see Batman with my homeboys. That's it. And then next thing you know, you're being paid. That only thing that shows is every decision that you make is more important than the last decision that you make because it doesn't matter what you do or who you hang around with. It's just that picture that is painted. One thing that I do know for sure is... You can't be all right, put it like this. You can't be framed if you're not part of the picture. That's about the easiest way I put it. All right? You can't be framed if you ain't part of the picture. Take a picture frame. We'll give you a visual. Take a picture frame. Take a snapshot. I take a snapshot. Everybody here is there. I have everything, I got the deputy back there in the back, got the chairs back there, got these chairs right here, but these two deputies are not, they're not framed. You know why? They have the liberty of movement. Why? Because they're not framed. So everyone right here is framed, guilty by association. So that way, what we do, who you hang around, yes, that does matter. Say, oh man, I'm going to go back and save my home, but man, stay away from them. Unless you inviting them to go to church with you, done. let them be where they at. I'm telling you, let them be where they at. Put it like this, When the last time you got a letter from some of these people? When the last time you got, you guys to see, go to the phone and say, man, look, you know when the package is coming through, half of them already been in, back home, know the system. Man, look, I'ma write you and all this and that, da 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 da. You can call me. Uh, if you need a phone call, or if you need to use a three-way, you just call this number. And next thing you know, you call that joint. This is, you know, you know. Well, you already know the situation with that. You know how they, you know how they go. I, if I had a, if I had a penny for every time that happened, it's like, you know, I'm like got to the point and say, you know what? Go home and stay home with your people, Joe. Just go home and stay home with your people. You know. That's the main thing. If you want to be real with your homeboy, with your your brothers and your sister, if you want to be real, hold them accountable. There's not anything that's going to go on every day that somebody is not going to be held accountable. Don't get mad when somebody holds you accountable. Why? Because it teaches you the reproof. Because it even says that God reproves those whom he loves. To take the time out and say, man, look, I've seen you do this yesterday but that wasn't a part of the program. Y'all got rules that y'all follow, right? Y'all got like confrontations that y'all do, like confrontationals. Y'all do, all right. So with the confrontationals, give me something what y'all normally do. Put it in the box. Uh, huh? Put it, the box. put it in the box. All right. Put it in the box. What happened when you put it in the box? <laughs> the who? You tell who? They call him right? and speak to him. That's. Man, look, that was a lifetime. man. we used to blaze people, man. Look, hey, it used to be so. It was. It's, I know it's not, man. No, it's not right, man. we used to, Mars. We used to blaze people, bro. I mean, look, we would catch them and like, man. Hey, yo, man. I know you seen. I know you seen them, right? Yo, man. What we gonna do, right? I know he'd be going over there at the coffee machine, man. That right there could be a behavior that, you know what I'm saying, looked at as something as a substitute addiction. He might be addicted to coffee or, you know what I'm saying, might be working out. Look at him, man, working out, man. Then you go, you know what I'm saying? You go ahead and catch him and then we come in the background. Ah! That's a right behavior, (laughs) you know? Next thing you know, put him in a box. Next thing you know, pull him in a room. Got to have a talking to. I mean, I'm telling you, man, listen, man, we jump people so many different ways, man, but yet we stay that we're helping people, but you're hurting them. So think about, who's was the last person that you done something not out of helping them, but being a hindrance? It's, you can envy somebody that is sitting right next to you, not even knowing that you're envying them. Think about the person that gets the mail. Oh man, I think they like that, bro. Going out there, man, they don't take all that, man, over there ironing and stuff, man. Because they're getting a visit. You never know. It could be a it could be a dying family member coming to see them. How dare you even try to open your mouth and look at that? So what? They getting visits and you're not getting visits. Maybe you should have thought about that from being a jerk out there in the street. Maybe somebody would come and see you. Or not running around and ducking around responsibilities and being the big cowards that we are, and not taking care of what we're supposed to take care of, but want to try to cut a corner and and do something in behind. I'm I'm right there, bro. That was me, scared of being. I mean, want to get money fast, want to be around and get it fast. Had bills paid six months at a time. Oh, that's good, man. Money rolling in. Bow. Got doing this. I can be with any female I want. Boom. I can go anywhere where I want to go. Boom. But yet, my family members struggle. My niece and nephews. I, I walked outside of my brother. I walked outside of my brother's house. And it pains me to this day to show how big of a jerk I was. I had the nerve. They opened their house to me. They opened their home with love. My mother, our mother just died in the car accident. She threw herself across me to save my life. And I was worrying about getting a blunt. So don't feel sorry about me. I was a jerk. Yeah, when I got locked, I was saying, man, look, don't even come see me. They still wanted to come see me. They still wanted to come see me. No matter how far I went in Virginia, they still wanted to come see me. And me, being a jerk, I said, "Don't come see me." But then I said, "Oh, I'm in Lifeline Therapeutic Community. I'm getting my life together." Really? And now my high power. Now when he looks down, I'm like, "Wow, really? That's how we do it? That, thats a spiritual principle? Wow. Oh, really? That's—that's that's basically how we do this." Oh, you want to do this? To, 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 to go out there and talk in front of kids? What are you going to tell? What are you going to show them? How horrible you are as a son to your father who is dying and got in the nerve and said, "Oh man, he took me to the diner and told me he wasn't my real father." This man just buried his wife, but this is what the disease has us. They have us so fogged. To where we think that we owe something, to where we owe nothing. No one owes us nothing. We owe everything. We owe everything. And there's nothing more that I want to hammer home. It's like if you are not right with your high I'm telling you, get right. I'm, but if not, you're gonna walk off, you're gonna walk out of here. Go back to what you know. Oh man, all right, that's over with. Da-da. And then next thing you know, you're gonna get. Go home. Nothing change. You'll be lucky if you make it back. You'll get high again. It's going to happen. You're going to get drunk again. You say, oh man, I used to use heroin. Mama's go ahead and sip me a little bit of beer. Beer ain't bad. Okay. Well, I'm going to smoke some. Huh? Say it again. So, hey, so... That's like saying, that's like me being a Christian saying, okay, well, I'm not doing this sin, but I will do this sin. But guys, I say, well, um, just both still sin. You're going, you know, you in hell, you're going to open your eyes up, you know? That's why the spiritual principles, that's why the spiritual principles are important because you know what? If you notice, <laughs> if you notice, look, y'all see the, y'all watch the news, right? Y'all know what they're doing to y'all next, right? Huh? You know what's coming? You know what's already out there. It's coming down the pipe to you. Okay. So, so next thing's coming down the pipe, which already is out there. Recovery is about to be wiped out, and it's going to be replaced by the FDA, and you're all going to be drugged. Am I lying? Recovery is about to be replaced, and you're all about to be drugged. Huh? You, they call it mental health now. It's not addiction no more. It's mental health. It's called mental health. You're going to get drugged with a lesser drug than the drug that you was on to say that you're cured if you take this drug and will moderate your behavior. Huh? Always been. Huh? What difference does it make if you stuck on the same thing that got you in the position where you are now? So when you go to the doctor and say, man, doctor, man, dog, I'm having a problem, man. And my job got me all this and that. Nah, nah, nah. So what's the difference than a the person going out there and then using or sniffing, snorting a line of heroin? And then now, instead of using heroin, they flip it around and give you Tramadol. Who says? It's called substitute addiction, my friend. Huh? It's a bigger push now to where it's more of mental health to where it said, a person has PTSD. Man, if you don't sit down, and my bishop would say, shut all the way up. They say PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. If that's the case, then they go, they have the biggest case of PTSD of what they see each and every day of, put it like this, a person who voluntarily incarcerates themselves for the betterment of some people who don't even want to do better for themselves and want to make make them to be an enemy that they done put inside of their mind each and every day. So the same CEO that you balk at every day, that you looking at sideways, I did the same thing. How I am telling you, that's how I can say because I'm telling you, I can be honest with it because I'm delivered from it. I mean, I used to, man, I used to call all types of names, man. That's how I got the two years with, in isolation. I threw the trash, whoa, <laughs> that I'm telling you. I threw the trash can off the second, t- on the second tier at Lawrenceville. I mean, chuck that jam. See what I'm saying right there? Could have killed that person. Not knowing that person was a father who he's trying to feed. He's doing the right thing. I didn't. But yet, we blame them, say, Man, 12 in the way. No, you in the way. Man, 12, man, ops out there. Okay, say? how you, look, that snitches got snitches, that's done. Whatever you notice, know have you noticed the gotcha paper is gone? Yeah. You don't need it. We like ourselves up. we so little. We're so dumb that we think that we're smart, but yet we're gonna put it out there and make it seem like, oh man, everything is good. So how do you think out of every last? I'm telling you, man, we're under indictment, bro. We're under indictment. Why? Because of this here. You gotta look at how many children are lost without their parents. There's no fathers out there no more. Mothers ain't out there no more. Why? Because it's sitting right here. Sitting right here. And I had to come in here and say this. I don't want to say this. But my high power says you have to say it. Why? Because the message has to be spread. And you can't say, man, it can't be done. Well, I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm the bearer of bad news. It can be done. You need to get yourself under um, somewhere where you can have an accountability. Me, myself, I am under a Bible teaching ministry to where they actually hold me accountable to my actions. If I, man, look, hey, if I'm not where I say I'm going to be at, look, I text them, look, every day when we close up, we text, look, I made it home. I made it home. Grown folks, and I text back, rest well in the Lord, <laughs> you know. But just to be accountable for somebody for us, be accountable for somebody for once in our lives. Because up until this point, we have been accountable for nothing. Only thing we have been accountable for is count time, child call, pill call, wreck call. I know you got to get tired of hearing that. Got to get tired of hearing that. So, Embed that, I'm telling you, let that burn inside of you to where you can't even stand it. I'm telling you, I, man, look, I hope that it'll have it to where you almost wanna puke. I'm dead serious, I hope the way you can't even eat to where now you got to, now come to a realization that I can't do it, I need help, to where you even fall down where you, got to, you have to fall down. I want you to be, I want you to fall down. I want you to fall down. Give up this fight that you've been fighting, man. I'm like, I'm telling you, once you give up and you just accept the brokenness, I'm telling you, everything is going to be, it's not going to be good. Some days it's going to suck. Some days you don't want to go get up. Some days it's going to, it's going to be rough. It's supposed to be that way because it's supposed to, that's sharp and that 's why it says iron sharpens iron that lets you know if you 're iron or if you 're cotton or if you're, you 're no know, piece of plastic but if you 're that iron as strong as we are fighting against the law, you have to match it with that same tenacity you have to match your recovery, your spiritual maintenance with that same tenacity we in the street because if you don't it's gonna it's gonna over it's gonna overlap it it's gonna overlap it I can prove it because many people that I knew that came home and went right back I can prove when I and the, look, the time that I was in I seen people go home come back go home come back go home I'm like what you want an installment plan yeah how I many people you seen go home and come back and then when they come back they look worse than when they were first in. First they hit the weight pile, you know, go out. Life just wreck them. And then they get back like, God, dog, bro. Oh, God, dog, sis, so what happened? But that's basically what... Um, Yeah, that's about it. That's enough of me rambling and shouting at you today. Okay, well, I thank y'all for allowing me to come down to RICO East and the RISE program. Y'all be blessed.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let let, let me interpret some old school stuff for you. You know, uh, back in the day, let me tell you what they call Lent, right? Uh, When y'all were at Rubicon, Hopper Greenhouse, John Brown, at Rubicon, they said, take them in there and strip them. Take all their clothes off them. Get them buck naked. Break them down. And then get their clothes back to them. Today, the way we say this thing is, it's all about love. This brother ain't trying to strip you because he disliked you. This brother trying to strip you because he loved you. Y'all, let's give Tim another hand. Thank you. Have a great day, and we'll see y'all in two weeks. Yeah. All right.